bringing relevant and engaging insights to human resource and talent development professionals. This is Talent Champions with Diana Thomas, sponsored by Franklin Covey. Here is your host, Diana Thomas. Welcome to another episode of Talent Champions. I'm Diana Thomas, and I'm so honored to be your host. Today, we have an exciting episode planned for you with our guest, Bianca Jackson. Bianca is a LinkedIn expert and public speaker. She trains entrepreneurs on how to maximize their reach, revenue, and results on LinkedIn. She has an MBA in Business Administration and Management from the University of Maryland Global Campus, UMGC, and that's how we met. Most recently, we were on a webinar where we were giving back to current students and alumni. Bianca's also a licensed certified project management professional, so she really knows how to get things done. Welcome, Bianca. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. I think this topic is relevant for so many people and definitely our audience. And so the topic we're going to focus on today is how to really leverage LinkedIn to meet your needs today and in the future to help you network, lead generation, and personal branding. And we have the expert here with us today. So before we get into today's topic, Bianca, could you share just a little bit about your background and what inspired you to become a LinkedIn expert? So I love tech since I was a little girl. And so throughout school, I, I picked up everything that I could to learn more about computing, uh, programming, uh, anything new technology emerging. So I, I went to college, that's what I studied, information systems, and then I went out into the corporate world. I worked um, for a different uh, Fortune 500 companies until uh, September 2017. So what wound up happening along my journey is that as an IT project manager, I felt that my tasks and what I was being paid to do, I was told to execute, right? Not given a real opportunity to speak out and have a voice. And so when I left corporate, that was one of the things that I wanted to make sure that I had was a voice, right? So when you have a voice, you can create a platform. So I look at LinkedIn as a way of how I've created my own platform for my voice to be able to speak on the topics that really matter to me. And so that's kind of like where it started. So, you know, mixing my love of technology with creating this platform, not just for myself, but for also my clients that I work with and just showing others how to do it for themselves as well. Yeah. I can honestly say I don't have enough friends that can say they love technology. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's such an important thing. And, And for me, somebody that is like creative and I will try to avoid technology at all costs, it really holds me back sometimes and it takes longer to do things but these people that enjoy it and see it as a challenge and to stay current and you know that's where the world is and where the world is going so i think that's such a a wonderful thing and i love how you said you know use your voice and it's so important not only to in today's world to use our voice but to feel like you have a platform and a way to do that So let's talk a little bit about LinkedIn um, and how you've seen it evolve. I think back when it started, I was uh, the learning leader for McDonald's Corporation, and I learned about it through a network person that I was, um, you know, learning from uh, face to face and over the phone. 
And it really helped me because I needed to find answers and to find resources. Uh, There weren't other learning leaders in my position in the company, so I had to look outside of the company. So I became involved in LinkedIn to reach out to what are the other learning leaders out there doing and who are they? And, And that's what I started to use LinkedIn for. And as I talked to people over the years, it seems like um, when people are getting more interested in LinkedIn is when they're looking for a job. But I think it's much broader than that. How have you seen it evolve? And what do you think it's used for today primarily? Oh, excellent question. And you're right. I think when LinkedIn started in about 2003, 2005, it's one of those years that it was primarily a job tool, right? So people looked at it as an extension of their resume. What it has evolved into is a couple of different things, right? It's a a visibility tool, it's a networking tool, it's an opportunity tool. I like using it to grow my business, to meet other people. There was actually a summer before I left corporate that I spent most of the summer just meeting and talking to people that I had connected with on LinkedIn. And I just was curious, right? I was curious to to find out if people who were willing to connect with me online, would they be so willing to have a conversation with me or to meet me in person? It was really strange to me because I'm like, all right, well, if we're connected and we're saying we want to get to know each other, why, why shouldn't we jump on a phone call? Why shouldn't we meet in person? And, um, That summer was really interesting. I think that now because it has expanded from just being a job searching tool to it could be an anything tool, you're building your professional network, you're finding clients, you're finding speaking engagements. I think that people need to be open and willing to connect and actually build real authentic relationships with the people that they say that they know right through first person connection. So it has evolved um, probably like 10 times over. And it literally is for the person who is serious about their career, of course, but also the person who's serious about, serious about their business and being able to use it in a different way than maybe that they've used it before. Yeah. I, I like how you said that is if people are willing to connect to you over the internet, would they be willing to have a call? And I tell you, I have met some wonderful people who have just wanted to network or share ideas, build on the ideas. And I met them through LinkedIn. And it's it's been really nice. I mean, I still get, I'm sure you do too, a lot of the, the sales pitches, you know, instead of, you know, mm-hmm. what do you do? And, you know, where are commonalities? It's like, here's a product and buy it, you know, and, and I always coach people, you know, like, get to know a person before you ask them to buy your product you know right but uh but it i also have you know friends that are in recruiting in hr and they they are using linkedin still for recruitment i i think i was on a conference call a couple weeks ago and they were saying linkedin is one of the top three sites that they use to actually find candidates and sometimes they're finding candidates that didn't even know they were looking for a job right that their background is a a match for a position that a recruiter or hr leader might have open and they'll reach out to them are you still seeing that as well Oh, absolutely. And what I also noticed is that more recruiters are leaning heavily on LinkedIn, right? So when you start thinking about um, prior to COVID, right, I want to say it was like 100 to 200 applications within the first hour of posting a job post, right? I can only imagine 
that they're upper, you might probably even close to the thousands, right? Thousands of people are applying to the same jobs. So their job boards, their um, ATS systems are inundated. So why not try to use a tool like LinkedIn to specifically go find the exact candidate that you're looking for, even if they're not looking for a job? And that's pretty much how the, the, the tail end of my corporate career went, is that recruiters found me online. They began offering me opportunities. And even when I wasn't looking at the time, I might have just thought about it, but I hadn't started the process of looking. It's just, it's a really great tool. It's going to become even more necessary for recruiters to use the tool. Yeah. How, how do you see LinkedIn different from other s- social media sites? Oh, yeah, there's some big differences from demographics, right? So the audience who uses it the most. LinkedIn slightly skews male, so about 52, 53% um, in all users. The age of the average user is about 30 to 39 years old and um, college educated, right? So I want to say the last the last couple of stats that I read about this is 50% of U.S. educated professionals are on LinkedIn. That's very different than a Snapchat, a TikTok, a Facebook, or even an Instagram, right? So when you're thinking about how you're going to leverage LinkedIn, either for your career or your business, is taking that in consideration. Is what you're offering or the, the role that you're offering Will it appeal to the college-educated, kind of millennial-esque person that is a typical user on LinkedIn? Wow, that that's really interesting. I hadn't heard those statistics. Uh, so that does really give you uh, something to think about. Sometimes people say, oh, I want to advertise or I want to do this. And Facebook is a little bit easier. And, you know, I look at my Facebook every day, they're saying. So I think it's better. But I think really understanding the demographics of you who uses that social media site is really important before you invest money as well. Absolutely. And the other thing, too, is the psychographics, right? So when most people use LinkedIn, they have one or two things in mind, right? And they're pretty much related. I want to advance my career, therefore make money, or I want to scale my business, therefore make money, right? Whereas when people are on, let's just say Facebook, Facebook is a a distraction, right? They're like, oh, I want to see what my friends are up to, what my, you know, nieces and nephews or even grandchildren are doing. They don't have the hat of I'm a professional or I'm a business owner on Facebook is I'm a sister, I'm a mom, I'm a dad, I'm a grandma. Like it's a a completely different lens. So when people are trying to figure out where's the best platform to take their message, they need to take those things in consideration because not all social, social media platforms are used the same by their user base. Let's talk a little bit about you and your business. How have you used LinkedIn to grow your business? Oh, man. So um, I've gone through many iterations, right? (laughs) So a couple of years back, I was doing primarily career coaching. And one of the things I realized is LinkedIn is perfect for the career coach, right? Because you have, what, 93% of the world's population just want to be employees, right? So you have millions of people (laughs) on a platform that could be your target audience. So I've used LinkedIn to pretty much... Uh, narrow down my customer avatar 
so depending on what type of business I was running at the time. So, you know, my business has evolved over the years, but being able to hone in on exactly who I've always wanted to work with. So in every business and everything that I've pretty much done, all of the avatars or, you know, my target audience has been college educated. So kind of going back to the point that I had made before about the demographics, right? Uh, but their motivations and what they want to achieve are very different. So <clears throat> I look at trends, what's trending on LinkedIn. I look at what people are talking about. What are they willing to talk about publicly? Because what's trending could be people just liking an article, but I, I like seeing topics where people are actually contributing to the conversation, right? So a lot of times it's things that are in the news that relates to professionals in some way. But I, I just really try to pay attention to what people care about and use that in my marketing, right? So in the content that I post on LinkedIn, what do people care about? How can I get them to engage with it? How can I get them to follow me? What can I put out that will be valuable? And that's essentially how I've been able to grow my business. But primarily now, you know, and working with entrepreneurs who want to maximize their reach, revenue, and results on LinkedIn, I've been looking at, like, let's just say, for instance, um, coronavirus, right? How has it affected marketing spend and how people show up on social media platforms for their target audience and really talking to them of how they can leverage the effort that they've already been putting into the platform or even tweak it right? To attract the people that they're looking for. So, I mean, I've used it for a ton of things. And I think that anyone who has a business of their own, anyone who is working full-time can use it to their advantage to potentially pull in promotions or job opportunities, new clients, speaking engagements. The world is literally your oyster <laughs> on LinkedIn. And I just, I just wish more people would take the time to in investigate how it would best suit their needs and their goals. Well, after this podcast, I think we're going to influence more people to use it and to use it more effectively because you definitely have an energy and enthusiasm about using it. And I think just sharing the potential where people maybe didn't think about it like this. So you mentioned you use it to see what's trending. So for maybe some of us that are not as familiar with LinkedIn, could you give us like one or two tidbits on how would you do that? Where do you go to see what's trending? Yeah, so over the last, I would say year or so, LinkedIn has made it a whole lot easier to find this trending content, right? So when you go to your home feed, when you're just kind of looking through, it's showing you what people in your network have posted. Off to the right, it'll show you trending topics. And normally, they only focus on five articles. So what LinkedIn has done, they have editors that write about trending topics around the world and then they start pulling content from the actual users to include in their thread so it'll show you how many people are reading this or talking about it and it'll give you an idea so of course as you can imagine during all of this who's hiring right so companies who are hiring has been trending because people want to know where they can go get a job um, especially if they've been laid off, their companies have closed down, shut down, gone to bankruptcy. They've been able to follow that thread to be able to, to see who's hiring. And actually that thread has been trending ever since March. It, it's like one of the ones that never goes away. So I don't imagine that it will anytime soon, as long as people are still, you know, filing for unemployment and looking for work. So that's one area that you can find out what's trending on uh, LinkedIn. The other is, for your particular industry, right? So you could follow 
particular hashtag. So if you're trying to figure out what's trending, let's just say in sales, right? You can do hashtag sales and follow that hashtag. And then you can see what are the types of conversations people are having around sales. And then you can include that in uh, if you're a business owner, your marketing uh, materials, your sales copy, speaking engagements or presentations. It helps you to be have a finger on the pulse of what's happening around the world and not just in this country, right? Just being a savvy LinkedIn user, it, it's, it's a good thing to know what's happening, right? And, and to be abreast of how you and your services could be a solution to someone else's problem. Also, just to learn, like if you wanted to learn about something, the same thing as far as, you know, searching for things so you can learn more uh, or, you know, get connected with different resources or training. I, I see that a lot of people are starting to, you know, use LinkedIn to try to, to learn about a topic too. So what's trending and what do you need to learn? Two great opportunities. So let's give some more advice, maybe by sharing what you see. So when you're working with a leader or an entrepreneur, and you go in and you start to review their LinkedIn page. What are some of the main things that you see people could do better? The first thing, and I say this in every um, conversation that I have, is not to treat it like a resume, even if you are an employee. And what I mean by that is having a completely different mindset of the, what is the purpose of this page? What is the purpose of LinkedIn? When you treat LinkedIn and your LinkedIn profile as a resume, then people start treating you, quote unquote, like as an employee, right? They want to look at where you've been and, and can you prove that you can do the work that you say you're going to do versus you pretty much proclaiming where you want to go and creating the opportunities and also attracting the opportunities that you're looking for and not waiting for someone to hand you something, right? So that's the first thing that I try to, you know, break everyone out of is this mindset that it only has to show where you've been, but like really getting them to show visually where you're going, where you've been featured, why you are special, why you different, why you unique. So that would be the first thing is have a different perspective or be open to a different perspective than what you're used to using LinkedIn as so that you can open your mind and also being able to attract the possibilities that you didn't even know that could exist, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is that people make the mistake where they create a whole profile and they make it about themselves and that's the wrong thing. <laughs> Your profile is really about the person that you want to buy from you, right? It's really about the person you want to hire you, right? So how can you highlight your accomplishments and your work and your accolades in a way that makes someone else curious and says, all right, so tell me more or like, let's just jump on a phone call. That's what you want. You don't want the profile that reads like a resume, like, a lot of people, what they do is they copy their objective section from their resume, put it in their summary, like, ha ha, I'm done. It's like, no, <laughs> you're not. Because um, you look like 95% of the people on the platform. What I really strongly believe in, and this is the third point, is that people care when they know you care, right? People want to know why why you do the work that you do and how you got there. And if you can put those two elements together where you start building that human connection, even before they, they talk to you on the phone, you're already winning. So a lot of times when I'm talking to clients about what to put in this space, I start asking them questions of like, why do you do this work? And one of my recent clients, killer sales executive. 
So she had all the accolades, all the awards. She constantly is, you know, ranking really high amongst the, the executive sales leaders in her organization. I mean, like she works for a major pharmaceutical company. And so of course she has all the accolades, but as we started to dig in the story of why she does the work that she does, it, it, it a really endearing story came out. She says her first boss and her toughest boss was actually her father. When she got out of college, he dropped a phone book on her desk and says, hey, this is your job, sales and marketing. And she was like, oh my God, I, I don't know. Like she said, she had panic in her eyes looking at him, telling him like, I don't know what to do. What do you want me to do? He said, you need to call every person <laughs> in this book and book five appointments each day and then sell them on whatever their product was, right? I think it was like financial services. And so that's how she started to learn sales and marketing from a, a person that she loved, but who was probably one of the hardest people she ever had to work for because she couldn't disappoint them, right? So it, it literally set the chain reaction for how her career went, where she just never took no for an answer, right? And she became very charming through that process. So it was a really great story to add to her profile because it gives somebody uh, an insider view on how determined she is to succeed. And when it comes to sales, you want the person who has the gift of gab, who is very personable and relatable and, you know, and, and pretty much can talk anybody into anything within reason, within ethical boundaries, right? But it was a really awesome story because when people get a chance to read this, they'll say, yes, you're great, you're amazing, you've made, you know, X millions of dollars, but this one story will stick out to people as a way of them connecting with you beyond just your accomplishments. So she was like, I get it now. And I'm like, good. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's a great story. And already the tips that you just shared, excellent, excellent advice. We'll make sure that we get them out in summary form as part of the uh, email that comes out with the podcast. But I think just helping people by those three points that you just shared will shift mindsets a little bit. Because I tell you, I learned, you know, about LinkedIn and how to set it up. And people were saying, just put your resume up there. You know, it's the same information. It's instead of having a resume, now it's on LinkedIn. And and I really like your mindset of getting people to shift. And it's not about what you've done in the past so much. It's about what you have the potential to be doing or what she's passionate about and what created you and why people should be engaging with you. So just a, a much better, more exciting way to think about LinkedIn. So thank you for sharing. You're welcome. You're welcome. And, and that's where a lot of people find dissatisfaction with the platform, right? So they hear about all the greatness that happens, but then they go do something that's really outdated. LinkedIn has evolved and so should you. Yeah. Oh, that's your tagline, you know? <laughs> I know. I'm like, where's my pen? I need to write that, that down. <laughs> that's really good. It's evolved and, and so should you. <laughs> I love that. That's so great. So why do you think people are just intimidated by LinkedIn? As I talk to some of the business owners and uh, leaders that I'm coaching, one, they'll say they just don't have time to do it. And, and as I'm challenging them, you have to make the time to learn, to grow, to know what's going on. So why do you think people are intimidated by LinkedIn? I, I think it's a couple of different things, right? So one being the target audience, right? Very different, far more sophisticated than a Facebook or TikTok, right? 
LinkedIn is professionals, mid 30, probably mid career. Most are making somewhere, but like the 70, $75,000 range, which is way higher than any other platform. So I think part of it is fear of possibly not sounding smart, that more people are judging you because they're interacting with the platform with a very different lens, right? I think that you can get away with, you know, something really lighthearted and maybe like funny slash joke like on Facebook because people aren't expecting that much. I think when you get on LinkedIn, people are expecting content that matters, content that's valuable, expertise, anything that makes their career or business better. And when you don't know exactly what to say, it can be intimidating, right? Um, the other thing too is because it doesn't have all the bells and whistles that some of the other platforms, people are just like, I don't even know what to do here, right? I can post something, but no one is responding. And the thing with no one responding is a lot of people don't realize is that they haven't built a community around them or around whoever it is that they're trying to serve. So therefore you're writing stuff that might have something to do with your business. And because you don't have the right people in your ecosystem, you know, your connections, they're, they're not commenting on it because it doesn't apply to them. It's like almost as if someone was trying to take their Facebook profile of all their friends and family and start trying to promote their business and wonder why people are not engaging with them is because your customer avatar is not following you. So that's another thing that I think is really important for anyone listening to this is thinking about who's in your connections. Are these only the people that you've met? And, and that's why it's really important to start connecting with people you don't know, especially people that you want at some point to buy from you, or at least that can refer someone else to buy from you. It's, it's really important. I, someone joked uh, a while ago, they said, if you wanted to make money in your business, delete all your friends and family. Because <laughs> most times they're not your target audience, right? Right. right. Um, where other people are. So I don't know. I, I would start looking at the community that you've you kind of cultivated these connections, thinking about content or ways to add something of value to the conversation so that you get some of that activity so that that fear starts to subside. And the other thing, too, is video. Video is huge. It makes people like, know, and trust you a whole lot faster than you putting out articles, making posts, because people can look at you, look at your eyes, watch your mannerisms, your body language, and they can subconsciously make the decision on whether or not you're somebody worth following, right? So a lot of times people who are fearful of LinkedIn have never posted a video. They don't really comment. Um, they just like everything and then leave. Um, but it, it takes you being a part of the community for people to, one, notice you. And then, two, having that video content or even worthwhile, viable content that people want to read uh, for people to want to engage with you. So some of that fear starts to go away. Yeah. And I think, you know, this, you have to get over if you're saying, I, I don't understand it, or I'm not a great technology person, is just got to get on there and play around. And you've given them some great things to think about and and the video too and with today's smartphones it is so easy compared to what it used to be to do a little quick video and people are so less I would say critical of videos too before it was like oh my gosh they have to look so perfect my 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 makeup and my hair has to be right I have to sound just right and now people just wanted you to be real like let me find out who you are and what you have to say so 
I think those are great things to consider. And I challenge our audience, if you've never done a little video, do one and just, you know, try it out. Try not to be so critical and, and just try something different and see how people respond. Your customers, your targeted base responds back. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. All of what you just said. Everyone, especially now, no one's really looking for perfect, right? Everyone understands that everyone's pretty much operating out of a, a corner, a closet, their basement, <laughs> wherever you have time and space to do work and, and to record, to create content. So it's just about, like you said, even just pulling up your phone and doing a quick video. Hey, everyone, this is blah, blah, blah. I do whatever. I figured I would do a video, you know, because I haven't done one in a while or maybe never. And I just want to say hi to all the people who are connected to me. Like something as simple as that could really spark interest in people of maybe they've been thinking about you. Maybe they you've been on their to-do list to get around to call slash email. You just never know what could come from you doing that small thing. And like you said, you don't have to be perfect. No one's looking for perfect right now. Yeah. So I know a large focus that you have is training entrepreneurs on how to leverage their LinkedIn. Are there mm -hmm. any other things that we haven't touched on that you help teach them to leverage their account? So LinkedIn is more than just your profile. Like you need to have a content strategy. You need to have an engagement strategy, three pieces of what you need to do on the platform in order to start seeing significant business growth. And it's around those three things, right? It's, it's multifaceted, right? So yes, you can have a great profile, but a great profile alone won't get people to uh, want to engage with you. Part of that is going to be your content. Like, what are you putting out? And then even when your content hits and people want to get to know you and learn more about you, what's your engagement strategy, right? Do you have a strategy to get them off the platform? Do you have, you know, scripts of things that you would say to them to make them want to keep talking to you? Like, so it's a multi-step process. And I, I just want people to know that just because you set up a profile doesn't mean that, you know, the floodgates are going to open and you're going to have millions and millions of customers or even, you know, leads running your way. That's just not what happens. I kind of use this um, analogy when I do my trainings is that your profile can be likened to like a really cool store, right? <laughs> you might see the cool store, but if you see a cool store and no one ever goes in it, you're just like, well... <laughs> what's what's going on over there maybe maybe i'll get brave enough to actually open the door so you want to show people one that you have the cool story you have you know really great things on your profile but you know what type of engagement what type of strategy um what kind of content strategy do you have that shows people that there's people interacting with you and then when they get to you um what types of conversations are you having to be able to get them to buy something there's three parts to it it doesn't have to be hard. <laughs> it can be really easy. I really would like to just share with most of the entrepreneurs, actually all of the entrepreneurs here, is that if you've gotten to the point where you, you've been to Google University and YouTube University and you still haven't figured it out, you might need to just go to an in-person class, work with a coach. doesn't have to be me, but just somebody so that you can start realizing some value from LinkedIn, especially if you're paying for a premium version. Mm. 
great advice and and you were just so knowledgeable and if i like what you said if you're not figuring it out yourself there's plenty of great resources out there reach out yes absolutely this was a question that came up in a, a a challenge that i was i'm running currently that the woman, I guess, has spent $124 on the premium version. So she might have had um, maybe like a business pro version, maybe with like sales navigator on top of it. And so it can get pricey if you don't have a strategy. So she felt like it was a waste of money. And I said to her, I said, it's a waste of money if you don't have a strategy. If it's not really clear on who your customer avatar is, what they want, how you can give them what they want. And, and having a strategy of targeting them, then yes, $124 a month will seem like a waste. Whereas if you're getting a client, two clients, three clients a month, depending on whatever price point. So, you know, you got coaching packages from three, four, five, you know, however many thousands of dollars, then, you know, that 125 might not have seen, you know, like a waste of money. So it just, you just need a strategy. So you've touched on the um, professional version. Could you just give a couple of headlines about it? Because people have asked me about, you know, is it worth it? And, and I'm not really sure, you know, I'm not using it to the level that you are or you're coaching others to. Um, I may be using it better after this podcast or engaging <laughs> with you, but tell us a little bit more. Is it worth the investment? Yes, if you have a strategy, right? <laughs> One of the things that I do because I have the business version of LinkedIn, I think it's like $59.99 a month right now. I am able to see people who visit my profile up until the last quarter, right? So 90 days. And so I literally could go to each person's profile. I have um, a certain number of MLs that are included. So ML is free messages to even people I'm not connected to. And so I can send out messages, right? So a lot of times I do something just really simple. I, I don't do prospecting from there just yet. All I do is just say, hey, I saw you land on my profile, or I just say, hi, how are you doing? Something as simple as that um, will, one, start getting people to remember your name, remember what's on your profile, from maybe have having just kind of landed there haphazardly going back to your profile and like really reading them. It's like, oh, who is this person? I don't remember. Because um, a lot of times when people land on our profile, sometimes it's by accident. But I want to make sure that even if it was by accident, that you don't forget me. Mm -hmm. So that's part of what I do. And actually before uh, COVID, right, um, I would do that. And I, I would get different types of responses. Like people, I guess, thought I was weird because I was asking them how they were doing, right? Or maybe they've gotten so jaded by um, the, top, the the dozens and tons of um, automated bot messages that people have set up where if you connect with them, it sends you like this essay long message that yeah. you know they were just right, right? Some people responded, some people didn't. Um, after COVID hit though, I still use the same strategy because that's what I would say in person. If I would meet you in person, I'm saying, how are you today? That's just naturally who I am authentically, right? And something different started to happen. Um, people actually started to respond. So there was one morning uh, that I started at like eight o'clock and maybe sent, I don't know, however many messages out between eight and nine a.m. And by 10, I had 38 responses back, which was like unheard of for me, right, um, and, and sending out these, hi, how are you doing messages. So I'm starting to feel and see that 
now people are a little bit more um, willing and open to receiving those warm messages, even if they seem a little uh, random or haphazard. But I mean, there's strategy and everything I do, even if in that first engagement isn't necessarily to get you on a phone call, it's just to get you to remember me. Yeah. Right. And you did that with me. And I, I really liked it. I had looked at your profile because when I was invited to be part of the webinar and you were actually the moderator and I'm like, I want to get to know her. Her background looks really impressive. So I was just kind of like, you know, stalking you and looking at your LinkedIn and see, you know, did she graduate a lot earlier than I did or a lot <laughs> later? That's what I was thinking. And uh, so then when I did that and you just like, hey, how are you? It, I thought it was like so personable by like she's such a friendly person and you didn't send me the standard. Here's the million things that I could do for you or, you know, I really appreciate it. And that's how we started to have more of a dialogue even before we were on the webinar. Boom. Exactly. Right. So it worked. So. I didn't know what our relationship would be, whether or not we would talk after the webinar. But again, minus technology, if I met you in person, it would have been kind of like down that path, right? I would have said, hey, how are you doing? We either would have stayed, we would have either continued talking or we would have, wouldn't have, right? And I like the fact that you appreciated it, right? I just know how it feels to be on the other end of someone who doesn't know you send you a message well i can help save you fifty thousand dollars this year how how you've never had one conversation with me right you don't know <laughs> you're laughing because you know you, i know you, i get you, it all the time <laughs> um you don't know anything about me my business where i'm trying to take my business so how dare you send me a message that says you're going to help me save fifty thousand dollars this year like it, it it's just kind of mind-boggling um, to me how tone deaf um, people have become when it comes to marketing and, and it, it kind of goes back to a point that I made earlier in, in another conversation. I think in general, sometimes people miss being human and that that humanity kind of goes out the window in sake of seeking the next dollar. And I just, I, I, I just, I don't ascribe to that, right? I just believe in being human first. And if anything evolves from that, that's perfect. But even in those moments where I might have to, you know, just check myself, it's like, all right, is this coming from a place of me really wanting to get to know the person? Or is it that I'm really trying to make this sell? And then I just stop myself, right? And say, you know what, this is not how you operate, right? So let's go at it from a different perspective of Getting to know people. I think that when you are authentically yourself and you let people know that you care about them, right? And you want to know how their day is going, how their business is going, how's life going? Because <laughs> sometimes people can be having a hard day. Um, and actually one time someone really thanked me for asking them how their day was going. She said nobody had ever asked her that. And it kind of broke my heart a little yeah. bit, right? Um, that we're in such a transactional world that Sometimes we forget people are people with feelings, emotions, and different life circumstances that we could um, show each other way more grace than what we've extended so that we can get better. I feel like I'm going on this super, super soul Sunday mission at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you though. I love it. I think we need to do more of it. <laughs> 
Thank you, thank you. No, I mean, just wrapping on my point, I, I, I just think that social media can be used for good and you can use it for business development, sales, marketing, whatever part of the process that you're using it for. But we always have to remember that there's a human on the other side of the computer or on the other side of the phone. And if we can remember that, you will have a different way of how you put out content, how you engage with people, how you set up your quote unquote store so that people engage with you. So I think that's the most important thing that I wanted to mention in this is just kind of tap back into being human. Yeah. And we talked about entrepreneurs and, you know, if you're looking for a job, but what if you're just trying to build your personal brand? Any quick tips that we haven't touched on if somebody just wants to use LinkedIn to maybe get their personal brand out there a little bit more? Absolutely. So, I mean, I follow some really amazing people on the platform who've done awesome things with um, LinkedIn and uh, creating a personal brand for themselves. But it's going to take a level of vulnerability that people need to be willing to go to, right? So being vulnerable, being honest, being transparent about what you honestly feel, think, and believe. And a lot of times people will try to tell you that certain topics don't necessarily have a place on LinkedIn. And I would just disagree. It's all about what you want to say, the audience that you've cultivated from yourself, because they are the first ones who will see it. As you've seen probably um, with LinkedIn, with, you know, civil unrest, there's a tons of conversations, you know, going on that typically wouldn't have gone on prior to, you know, unfortunately for George Floyd, right? But I think that it's amazing because there are some people who are standing up, you know, individuals and companies who are standing up for just humanity, right? And what that looks like. You have people who have already been, have always stood up for like uh, issues around the, the environment, climate control, it's just really about what people want to be known for and what they want to stand for and mm-hmm. being okay standing in that power and being able to communicate whatever message that you have and be unapologetic about it. Now, I will say it could come with consequences, but you have to be willing and ready to accept whatever it is that comes along with that and be okay with it. You will have some people who will agree with you. You will have some people who would disagree with you. And when you start thinking about the most memorable people, right, the people with really strong brands, you can think of, I don't know, a whole host of celebrities. And there are, you know, a few key worries that come to mind when you think about them. But that's because the, the, the ones we, we remember the most are the ones who kind of defy the expectations in a way. They just was like, I'm, I'm dancing and, 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 and running and, and walking to my own drum. And it's, I think that's really important when it comes to personal branding. One example that I bring up in my personal branding workshop that I do for employees at different companies and corporations is that I bring up um, Bazuma St. John. So for a lot of people who uh, aren't necessarily in the tech world, maybe not be a Black woman, they may have never heard of her before. But I talk about her in my workshop as being one of the most powerful, if not the powerful, the most powerful woman in Silicon Valley. This woman has successfully worked for major heavyweights like Apple, Uber. Um, I think she just went to Netflix. Uh, She um, worked for Spike Lee. And she has, quote unquote, what most people think, the most untraditional way of approaching business, how she dresses how she dresses, how she communicates. Like 
I'll never forget, I was in Austin attending South by Southwest, which is a major conference. And she had gotten out the car. Like literally I was like two feet away from this woman. She's tall. <laughs> and she came to speak at the conference in a um, full body sequin catsuit. And she talked about how, even though she wore this to a conference to speak on stage, if she felt like in the morning when she got up, she would wear it at the work and didn't expect anybody to say anything to her otherwise. And if you look her up, you'll see that this uh, is a constant thing for her. Like she really just dresses the way she wants, does her hair the way she wants, wears her makeup the way she wants. And it, it definitely crushes that whole idea of there's only one way to be successful in corporate. Mm -hmm. Like this woman, I think, has successfully negotiated for herself a seven million dollar salary at, at Netflix this year. Wow. So, yeah, and, and just really powerful. Right. And that goes to what it means to create a personal brand and just really standing authentically uh, and being vulnerable about who you are and being unapologetic about it. So I think all of those things are necessary to really build a strong personal brand that you just won't let nobody box you in. So. Yeah. Terrific advice and, and information and story. So is there a magical number like you should have this many LinkedIn connections? What do you what do you think on that? Um, I don't think that there's a magical number. I think that the quality of your connections are better, right? So there's a woman that I follow um, who has built a, a extremely powerful personal brand for herself on LinkedIn. She has just under 10,000 followers. But what's really amazing about what she has been able to create is that every time she posts something, every post ranges from 100 to maybe like a 1,000 likes on the content that she posts because she had created an ecosystem and environment of her target audience, her connections, of people who care about the things that she cares about. And it's just powerful. Hands down, the quality of your connections are far more important than the quantity. Yeah. Oh, great, great tip. So I love asking my guests this question. So who is one person from your past who's had the greatest influence on you personally, professionally, and you wouldn't be where you are today without that person's influence? Does a person come to mind? Yeah, actually, the, the first person who comes to mind is uh, my best friend. So she, <laughs> you know, how, like you have the friend that most people think is a little odd and quirky, but you just love them to death. That's my friend. <laughs> and and um, when we graduated from college, I didn't quite understand her like or get her quirkiness, but I just knew it was something cool about it where most people just kind of turned off. They're like, I don't get her. She's crazy. She's wild or whatever. And it wasn't that she was crazy or wild. She just was way wise beyond her years, way wiser than what we were in our 20s at the time. And so what I've learned from her over the years that we've known each other is that she's always had this very entrepreneurial mindset of how can you monetize the skill that you have so that you can always make money no matter what is happening in the world. And at first, I didn't get it, right? Like she would work all types of crazy hours, have all these types of gigs, doing contract work. I'm like, what do you mean you're, you know, you're a W-9? What is, what is that, right? <laughs> uh, I just didn't understand, like not having benefits. And her work ethic has been a great um has been great to watch from the outside 
and you know, all the way up into 2017 when I left corporate and now I adopt some of the things that I've seen her do then. And I'm just like, oh man, like if I was on this entrepreneurial, you know, path like she was uh, back then, I would be in a completely different space because I would know more. But you know, everyone learns at the, the speed and the pace that they're supposed to. But she has definitely shown me that anything is possible and that you can make anything out of nothing at any given time. Yeah, that's a great one. Great, great story. Great person to share. What final piece of advice do you have for our talent champions? I think that it's more important than ever to be very clear on who you are and who you are not. And this goes to personal branding, but it spans to your career, it spans to your business. Because when you're clear on who you are and who you are not, you can target and attract the opportunities that were meant for you faster. And it will allow you to be able to say no to things that aren't what you're supposed to be doing or aren't a natural fit. And when we actually say no to more things than we say yes, <laughs> we, we, we hone in on and we put all effort into the things that the, the positive things that we should be working on. Knowing who you are and knowing who you are not could literally save you months, years, days on um, doing the wrong things yeah. so that you can do the right things. I love that. I I was just talking to a friend and her advice was don't let anybody else be in the driver's seat of your career, of your life. And I love that. But I think you really need to do what you said first is you need to understand and know who you are and who you are not. So you don't go someplace with somebody that you shouldn't be, you know, or isn't the best thing for you. Yes. I I wish I had told myself that many, many years ago. (laughs) (laughs) We get wiser as we've aged, right? (laughs) Yeah, we sure do. Because it's like the commercial. I'm not sure if you remember, but um, I think it's like a young man standing in a space and there's like all these costume, clothing changes and hair changes and makeup changes of, you know, what society slash other people are telling him who he should be. And then he finally gets towards the end of commercials. I think it's like, I'm just me or I'm just who I am. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's great because if we are so busy trying to build ourselves up to the expectations of what other people want us to be, it gets us farther and farther away of who we truly are. So true. Well, this has been such a delight. I could have asked you... 20 more questions. We might have to do it. We might have to do a follow up. We're definitely going to stay in touch. We just really so appreciate all of the information you've shared and your expertise. And, you know, when you talk about really being human and authentic, you live what you preach or you live what you teach others to be doing. So thank you. So how can our listeners stay in touch with you or get in touch with you and maybe continue to learn from you? Uh, the best way is on LinkedIn. Um, Bianca J. Jackson, you can find me that way. Um, I'm the first Bianca that shows up when you put in Bianca J. Uh, so that's me. But yeah, that's that's the best way. I, I just want to continually remind people that you are your best teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that we just really need to check in with ourselves of you know where we need to go and what we should be doing. 
uh, and, and kind of leave outsider noise <laughs> where it is. And of course, you can always find somebody to help teach you how to do something. But we always know what's the best path for us. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Here's the highlights of today's episode. Over the past 15 years, LinkedIn has quickly evolved from a job search tool to a professional platform, giving people a voice, visibility, and opportunities to network and learn. It's not a matter of having time to spend on a social network. Regardless of where you are in your career, you need to make the vital time to be an active participant. Understanding who is on LinkedIn can help you understand how to use it and advance your own goals. The membership is largely college educated, skews slightly male, and averages between the ages of 30 and 39. When users are on LinkedIn, they're typically looking for ways to advance their careers or scale their businesses. By knowing your customer avatar, that is who you want to engage with in your LinkedIn audience, regardless of your goal for doing so, you can begin to identify the types of people you should connect with. It's less about hitting a high number of connections and more about the quality and relevances of those connections. Monitoring the trending topics on LinkedIn can help you to stay abreast of what's going on globally, as well as what people in your desired audience are talking about. In doing so, you'll be able to tailor your messages to address the topics that are relevant to your audience. Three tips for improving your LinkedIn profile. One, don't treat it like a resume. Instead of showing your history, show how your past will influence and support what you're going to do in the future. Where are you going? Why are you unique? Two, make your profile about the person you're targeting, whether that's a future employer, prospective customers, speaking opportunities, whatever the case may be, write your profile with that audience in mind. Highlight your accomplishments and entice visitors to want to have a conversation with you in order to learn more. Three, explain why you do the work you do. Show what you're passionate about and help your audience to care about the things that you care about. Build that human connection. Remember that LinkedIn has evolved and so should you. There are great opportunities there, but you have to work for them. If you've been dissatisfied with your experience on LinkedIn in the past, give it another shot from the standpoint of understanding what you wish to achieve on the platform. Have a strategy and pursue it. Build a community around yourself with long-term goals in mind. Speaking of strategy, have one for engaging with your audience. A great profile is only a portion of your presence on LinkedIn. Put out meaningful content and create a strategy for getting conversations off the platform. Focus on making meaningful connections, not sales pitches. Bianca reaches out to people who view her profile just to say hello and ask how they're doing. Her goal is for people to remember her. An authentic conversation will get you much farther than a canned response or a salesy promise. When creating your personal brand on LinkedIn, or any platform for that matter, be yourself. Don't shy away from sensitive topics, but realize that you may need to stand behind your words once you've put them out there. Being true to yourself and unafraid to be vulnerable is difficult, but it also makes you memorable. Be very clear on who you are, as well as who you aren't. 
Once you understand this, you can make decisions and attract opportunities based on what's right for you. And you'll also have a clearer compass for saying no to the opportunities that aren't the right fit. Join us next month when we will continue relevant and engaging conversations. Don't miss an episode. Sign up on our website, talent-champions.com, to receive an email notification when new episodes are released, as well as to receive bonus material. Thanks for listening to Talent Champions with Diana Thomas. Be sure to check out the full Franklin Covey Podcast Network by searching Franklin Covey on your favorite podcast provider.